Good evening, Baruch Hashem, we're back here in our uh, place where it all started, and um, it's good to be back in the studio, in the shul, and let us begin. We're holding now on the Chavdal Ramad Aleph by the two dots, Tana. The Gemara is now going to bring a Braiso, which is going to teach us different uh, methods that Evid Knani, we discussed yesterday, a big sugi about Evid Knani, so now we're going to discuss about Evid Knani, how he goes, he goes lechedus. So there's all there's different methods how an Evid Knani can go for free, go out free. Tana was taught in a Braiso, Yetzir B'Shen V'Ayin, B'Rashi Evarim She'enim Chesim. A Evid Knani could be free through either if his tooth is knocked out from his master or his eye is permanently damaged and either through um, different uh, parts of the body, there's 24 parts of the body that do not uh, regenerate once it's severed, once it's damaged so it can't get back to, uh, to normal. So the Braxa says these Yates, Shane Vain, and Rashi Evarim, 24 Rashi Evarim. So the Evid Knani will go free. So the Gemara says, Bishle, Meshen Vain, Mele, when it comes to granted by Shen Vain, by a tooth and an eye, Ksivi, the Pusik says clearly, the Pusik says clearly that, uh, that they go free. Hello, well, the question is, Rashi Evarim, Minalun. Where do we know that the Evid Knani goes out by the Rashi Evarim? So the Gemara answers and says, Dumbia the Shen Vain. The Rashi Evarim are similar to the tooth and the eye. Mashen Vain, Mumin, Shabagolib, Enechesim. Just as the tooth and the eye are external uh, objects and they're blemishes that do not get back better, back uh, really, once a person knocks out the Shen, the tooth, it won't get back to each other, back to its normal. Once the Ayin is knocked out, it will never get back to normal. So it's, first of all, it's Mumin, Shabagolib, which means it's. Um, <clears throat> exposed exposed uh, items and they do not regenerate so too all blemishes caused by the slave's master that are exposed and do not regenerate also the the um, will go free so now the Gemara asks let us say that the tooth and the eye are like two psukin that come together in other words they teach the same thing and the din is, the klal is, whenever you have two psukhan that come together, they do not teach their halachas so that it can be applied to the other cases. If so, Evan should be free only for an injury to a tooth or to an eye. Not to all the Rosh Hashanah. So the Gemara answers and says, No, it's necessary to teach me the din of Shen, and it's necessary to teach me the din of Ayin, and neither halacha could be learned from each other. So basically, what, what comes out, they're not really shnek suma boim keechad, and you don't see the klala, shnek suma ha boim keechad eim elamdan. So the Gemara says, Tzricha, I need, the Torah needs to tell me both. Because Rachman Shane, if the Torah would only write about the tooth, have I mean, I would say, afilu shen the chalav. It's even a milk tooth. What does it mean, even a milk tooth? Which means even a, a small little child's tooth that, uh, that, that will eventually come out. The child's tooth will eventually come out. So you would think that the, um, without you would think that any tooth um, is included in this halacha. <coughs> so, so therefore the Torah teaches me about ayin, that, um, that um, it has to be something that does not uh, come back, doesn't regenerate. Because if the Torah would only write about I, I would say that just as an I was created with him in the womb, so too the halacha applies anything that was created with him in the womb. 
Avashain, but with regards to a tooth, which grows later, so like perhaps uh, he would not be free if, if the master uh, knocked it out because it's not something which was never imite. So therefore the terror needs to tell me in both places. Now, the Gemara asks, why don't you say, ki yake, why don't you say that like this? The Pasuk says, so now the Gemara asks, in this Pasuk, why don't I say that kiyake is a klal? It's a general. Shen va'ayin is a prat. Klalu prat, and the din is, whenever you have a klalu prat, ein b'chlal ela mashabah prat. So the generalization includes only what is mentioned explicitly in the detail. Which is mashma, which which means shen va'ayin in a tooth and an eye are included mid but any other matters loy it's not. So my answer is and says no. If you look in the buzzer lachovshi ishalchenu chazdu klal this that the freedom shall be sent away it goes back and tells me about the klal so it's a klal of prat to klal and yatadan elakein a prat whenever you have a klal of prat to klal you always go after the prat ma prat mufurish mum shibigolev enichesim so too. Just like the prat is is explicit detail in an exposed blemish, so too parts of the body that are exposed blemishes that do not regenerate themselves are included in this halacha. Ask the Gemara, if so, so let's limit the halacha and say that just as with regards to explicit detail, they're referring to exposed blemishes and body parts is prevented from performing its regular functions and it does not regenerate. So too, a slave, this Evid Knani, should not be freed um, as a result to all exposed blemishes that do not regenerate and where the body is prevented from performing its regular functions. That, that should only work then. So the question is, so why did the Brahsas say, that if the master pulled out his beard and dislocated a bone in the Evid Kanani's jaw, so the Allah is the, fra- the slave is free by means of this injury. In this case, there's no loss to function. So the Chayda, Evid Yitzhibayim Lechaydas. So the Chayda, based on this, so why is it that, uh, I'm sorry, so the question is, Allah Matanya, Talash Bizikna, Vidilla Bayatsim, Evid Yitzhibayim Lechaydas, why does he go free? The Chayda, in this case, there's no loss to, to the function. My answer is and says, When the terrorist says to freedom, he shall send, that's a ribay, which includes an injury that is not exactly the same as the detail. So the Gemara asks, and if this is a ribay, which includes additional injuries, so the slave should also be free. Even if he is struck on his hand and it withered, in other words, it became, let's say, temporarily paralyzed. So he should also um, he should also be free. So Allah Matanya, why does it say if this is a ribay, so why does the Brisa say that if he struck him on his hand and the hand withered, but it will eventually regenerate, the slave is not free. Why? So the marches him If so, what does the function, what is the purpose of Shen Vayin? So it must be that Tafkish that it has to be Dumi to Shen Vayin. Okay. And with regards to any of these, uh, first of all, if the master strikes the Eved, the slave goes free. And with Sarah gets Shikhar, and also he requires a, a get Shikhar. These are the words of Rabbi Shimon. Those who discuss this matter and decide before the Chachamim, 
say the following compromise. Nidim divrei Rabbi Tarfin b'shen v'ayin. Rabbi Tarfin's statement is correct with regards to shen v'ayin. Shatayda zichsaloi, since the teira, since in this case the teira benefited him, because his right to free is stated explicitly in the teira, the slave does not require a get shikher. However, when it comes to other Yivarim, we pass like Rabbi Akiva. Since it's a rabbinic penalty. So the Gemara says, You're telling me it's a rabbinic penalty? It's a befer shapasik. So the Gemara answers, Rather, it means that since the Chacham meant it's necessary to give a get, Shikhar, since, it's only, it's, since it is a rabbinic interpretation, it's not written explicitly in the Torah. What's the reason of Shimon? He learns a a gzair shava from shiluach shiluach. Ma isha b'shtar, just like a woman is sent away, is released from her husband with the shtar. nami b'shtar, so to evid is also released with the shtar. Vera meir, and according to the meir, the meir would say, ikas of chavshi lebasev. If it would say chavshi the end, kida amris as you say. Hash the kas la chavshi yishacheno. Now that it said. Uh, it's, it means that he's free from the beginning and no additional act of get shikhar is required. If the slave's owner struck his slave on his eye and blinded him, or his ear and, and uh, made him deaf, the evid will go free. If he struck near his eye and as a result he does not see, so the halacha is, or connected or he struck near his ear and he does not hear. The evil does not go free. So now Reb Shemin tells Reb Ashi the memory of the call of Is this to tell me that the sound, that uh, damage that is caused by sound, is nothing? But but didn't Rami Baruchesko teach in a that if a rooster that struck that stuck its head into the airspace of a glass of vessel, and he crowd crowd into it and and uh, and uh, the nose broke it, so he has to pay nezek to guard the horse that neighed or donkey that braid. And they broke the vessel of the Shiv. So, what do we see from here? We see that although these two examples are different, one pays a Nezek Shalom and one pays a Nezek Nezek, it's clear that sound can be a source of liability of damages. So, Amrlai, so Ramashi said to him, Shani Adam, a person is different, the Kivan the Bardasu, since he is a mentally competent person, Iu Mivayas Nafshei. He is, it is he who frightened himself. In other words, it's not the physical sound that causes the damage, but it's the slave in his head, which is not a direct result of the action. Okay, the time, like we learned in Abraisa, Hamavis is Chavere, one who frightens another and causes him injury is Adam is If one shouted into another ear and made him deaf, Potter is Potter. But if he shouted into him, if he held him, and then he shouted into him, he is chayev, because once he physically took of him, took hold of him, he is chayev as a result of the damage. Where the master struck him on his eye and weakened his vision without blinding him. He just weakened his vision. Or his tooth and loosened it. If you can use the eye or the tooth now, so then he doesn't go free. But if not, But if not, then he goes free. If 
We learned in another b'risa that um, that um, where the slave's eye was weak prior to the incident, and the master blinded it entirely, or the slave's tooth, tooth was loose, and his master knocked it out. If he was able to use it before, then then he goes out free. If not, the So the says it's necessary to state both halachas, even though the chayrus seems like it's the same thing. If it only teach me the first case, I would say that he is free. Because in the beginning he had good vision, and now he has weak vision. But over here, but over here, in the second bride, so where the has weak vision, I would say he does not go free. And if it only teach me this, I would say that he's free because he blinded him entirely. But there, the Lois Simon the Gamri Emily over there, where he did not blind him entirely, I would say that no, he does not go free, despite the fact that he weakened his vision. Therefore, it's necessary to say. What if his master was a doctor as well? And the slave said to him to paint his eye with a medicine, and the master blinded his eye. Or let's say the guy was a dentist, and he told him, you know, fix my tooth, and he knocked out his tooth. So the Bible says basically the master, the slave laughs and the master has to free him. says no. The terror says and destroys it. That only if the master intends to destroy him, if he intended to heal him, the slave is not freed, even if the master did, uh, in fact, injure him. So what does he what do they do with the Pasuk and he destroys it? They need it for that with the Bryce says. If the if the master stuck his hand into the womb of his maidservant to assist for giving birth, and he blinded the fetus of the womb, Potter, he's Potter, my time, Terry says that he has to destroy it, that he has to have a mind to destroy it. And the other Shimagamliel would say that. Where the slave's eye was blind and the master moved it entirely. So then, my time, because he's lacking a limb, which is worse than a blemish. And the town of our brides are taught. An unblemished status, that an offering must not contain a blemish. And then the halach of a male status applied to animal offerings, but the halach of unblemished status and the halach of a male status would not apply to a bird offering. Now the Gemara says, gapa. One would have thought that one who brings a bird whose wing is dried, nikta ragloi, or his legs is, is severed, or nechta ino, or his eye was removed, that too is accepted as a carbon. That's what the Torah says. From the birds, now, what does this teach me? Not all the birds. In other words, this teaches us that a bird can be disqualified due to a blemish. For example, if a significant part of the bird is missing, a limb, the bird is not acceptable as a, as a carbon. This is mashma that the actual loss of an eye is considered a greater blemish than the actual blindness. So if the master takes out the slave's blind eye, he is free. Have a good night.